Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, who's going to do this? So one of the fun things about the work that I do with teams and in organizations uh, is that we get to decide sort of who's going to do what. Now we get to decide and we have to decide. Like those are the, the two sides of the coin here. Um, in a lot of uh, the historical way that organizations operate, right, is that it's very segmented and defined what the roles are, who does what. And one of the things that we've sort of been finding over the last number of decades is that you can't from the beginning know exactly who should do what task because people are not interchangeable, right? You can hire to a job description, you can bring people into sort of defined roles, but then you also have to have flexibility uh, in order to, to get things uh, to match up, right, with people's skills. We've talked some about that before. And the, the thing is that there can be, a, a, there's a tension that exists in this where we want to create enough clarity about who is gonna take care of what particular tasks that we can move forward. But we don't wanna be overly rigid in saying, this task is always gonna be done by the person with this role. This task can be done by a person with this role. And so we wanna have some flexibility around how to do that, how to adapt it. And it's very easy to fall too far to either one of the ends of that spectrum. So one of the things Karen and I wanna explore a little bit today here is how do we help groups um, figure out who is going to do what in a way that isn't just spinning their spinning in circles uh, for forever trying to figure it out. How do we strike that right balance between sort of clarity and flexibility, between uh, timeliness of decisions and and making sure that all the voices get heard, all the things that we you know always talk about in in group decision making sorts of things. So, Karen, in groups that you work with, how do you help people figure out who's going to do what? I think the first piece that you're already pointing to is making sure that you have a culture where the information that would help you figure it out is likely to be known and shared. Um, so if you know if you have a sort of traditional corporate culture where you got hired for this job and that's what you do and you stay in your box and you put out your widgets and that's what you do, then you have a fair chance of having somebody who would be amazing and excited about doing a thing and you don't even know that that's the case. And you've got somebody else sitting over there doing it that is not all that interested and not all that great, but it's in their job description. So they're the one doing it. So I think step one is have a culture where you are talking to each other and where somebody could say safely, I would love to be doing that thing. Or, you know, I just did this graduate course on this and I just learned about that and would love to be involved in that way. And, and that doesn't mean you're going to instantly adapt or change or give everybody what they ask for. But if you don't have a space where they can safely say it, then there, you've got no chance of integrating that information. So the first thing is have a space where relevant information is likely to show up and that's both from some intentional stuff, building it into employee review systems, building it into meeting structures so that every now and again, there's you have a structured way for people to say, so what would you be excited about? Is there a thing you'd like to be doing that you're not? That that question's getting asked. 
but also just looking for, you know, all our previous 80 episodes where we talk about different ways of creating safety so that people can say the things that they would like to say. Mm -hmm. I think a key piece of that is creating the transparency um, actually around the whole, because oftentimes like we may be transparent about like, well, these are the, the, you know, the requirements for this job, or this is what this job description sort of says. And like, those are all available, but we don't see how do those connect to each other? How do they relate to each other? What are they in the larger service of? So it's like, even I worked in organizations like this before, where everybody sort of on a team knew what their job was, but they didn't know what the job of the team was. Like they weren't clear about what the larger how those things were supposed to fit together was supposed to work. And so I think there's, there's a way where um, if we're sharing information, it's not just about sort of what are the predefined roles that we're currently working with and then how those might shift over time, but it's also sharing the information about what's the larger sort of purpose of that collection of people, right? So this is things like, uh, you know, what's the goal, you know, at a larger level, what are the current arrangement of roles and responsibilities, but how do each of those contribute to things? Because one of the things that it's very easy to lose sight of is um, there, are, it's very easy to lose track of certain things. They might fall into the gaps, like between, right? Which is one of the things we want to avoid, right? We've talked before about the, um, on our episode about how is that my problem, right? About how we actually need to create a picture how there's a, a larger piece that what you are doing in your role is contributing to solving this larger problem. And that sometimes you need to stretch outside of those normal, that normal definition in the service of the, the, the collective goal. But if we're not actually making that collective goal, like not only what we're trying to do, but how these roles are supposed to relate to each other transparent, then, then, I, then it's even harder to have that conversation and that discussion. Yeah. And I think another piece that is worth mentioning here is that it's not just about how the things that you're doing contribute to the broader goal. It's also about understanding how the things that you're doing actually aren't contributing at all to that larger goal. <laughs> and, and if you don't know what that larger goal is, you can spend a lot of time spinning on, well, this, we've always done this thing. We've always, you know, had this happening and, and, no idea that actually that some archaic thing or, you know, that my predecessor just did that because she liked to, but it actually didn't help. You know, nobody else needed it. And now I don't need it. And I'm still doing it because she told me to, or you can see how that would play out tons of different ways. So being thoughtful. And, and again, this is a safety thing specifically. Mm -hmm. It can be tough in the wrong culture to show up and say, I've been spending like three hours a week doing this thing that I suspect isn't actually useful. Mm -hmm. it, is it useful? <laughs> um, and, and you want a culture where that kind of question is really welcomed because the last thing you want is for somebody to bring that question and have somebody say, you know, well, you're just being lazy and trying to shirk work and what's wrong with you. You know, if anybody gets that kind of response once, I can pretty much guarantee that those no longer useful tasks are just going to stay in the community culture or the corporate mm -hmm. culture forever. So again, that being able to have those conversations and see both sides of the tasks that are being done and to take it even one step further, are there tasks that are not being done 
that are maybe essential or maybe just, well, if that could get done, you know, Hey Paul, if you could do this one thing that would take you like 10 minutes, it would save me an hour every week. Would you be willing to that kind of thing? So lots of room for that kind of really rich conversation and sometimes making really small changes. Mm -hmm. There's two things in that. Like those are really kind of two topics to talk about. Um, that I like to try to prompt in a group, right? Because it's it's one thing to just rely on people bringing them up. It's another thing to draw them forth, right? To have a structure or to have uh, some regular practice that draws those things forth. And one of them is the sort of continually asking, what are things that you're doing right now that you think you might be able to stop, right? That That might not need to be done because of how things have changed. And so that's one is just kind of soliciting people's idea for ideas for continuous improvement, right? Of like, how do you think we, you might be able to evolve this role? Um, you know, it has been this way. What are you seeing? What are you noticing? And actually tapping into people's expertise in their role, right? They're the one in the job asking them, how do you think this could be made better or easier? What are the things that you think that could stop that, that would and, and of course you need to have made the, the goal, like the purpose, all that larger stuff transparent so that they have a way of answering that question in a coherent fashion. So I think one is kind of building in points where you're actually drawing that out of people. And then I think the other drawing out of people is the, um, what help could you use or what help could you offer, right, in the group? Um, and, and that's, um, and so part of that, like I, the way I visualize that is, that first question is really about sort of aligning up to the overall goal and functioning of the of the, the collective. And then the second is about the relational space between the people who make that up. Are we offering and accepting help on a regular basis? Um, where we're, Because that's the thing about defined roles that I run into a lot, is that when we have very defined roles, it limits our ability to help each other and to ask for help. And that's the thing where I, when I get, I get edgy about people are like, well, we need to define whose job this is, right? Ultimately that exists to achieve the larger purpose. And so it fundamentally doesn't matter who does it. And if we overly define it, then it becomes, we land, land in that space. If we're in that role and it's a not, and it's not happening, but we know it's our job to do it. It can be super hard to ask for help. And mm -hmm. if we see a thing that's not happening and we know it's somebody else's job, it can be super hard to offer help. And so that's where that, that uh, where, where the, the rigidity starts to set in, um, that where, I, where I see groups have problems. But the other end, right, is just the complete ambiguity, right, in terms of everything is just free flowing and we have no idea what's going on. And that's where things can fall through the cracks, where there may be things that are not getting done or there may be things that are getting done that don't contribute to the purpose. And so it's like those are the two failure modes of that level of definition we have. And so what I, I like about sort of what you're pointing at is being able to have those regular conversations about how are we currently aligned to purpose and how are we helping and offering help and getting help from each other? Those are things, those are practices that allow us to tune where on that spectrum of clarity to flexibility we currently are and where we need to be right now. Because we might be in a moment where we need to be more flexible. We might be in a moment where we need to be clearer. We don't know. And if we're doing that, it allows us to adapt to the current situation. Yeah, I think that's really true. And and I think there's another piece in here about changing who is in a role. And, you know, I think in 
the sort of corporate world, we tend to do that when someone quits or gets fired, right? Like that, that's usually or promoted, right? Sometimes <laughs> they get promoted and they're in a different <laughs> role now. Promoted. Yep, yep, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, and I think but about yes. the sort of community world or sort of volunteer-based world mm -hmm. and where, you know, yes, people sometimes quit. It's less likely that they'll get fired. Um, and it, and maybe even less likely than they get promoted. <laughs> but but that piece about sometimes just for power dynamics reasons, it's good to shift. And, you know, this is where hierarchy can really get in our way of, well, it's a promotion. Mm -hmm. Well, what if it's not a promotion? What if it's just a good idea? Yeah. What if it's just a, a change that should happen? And so being willing to think about is there a staleness or is there just somebody else who'd like to, to do that task or take on that role? Is it time to shift things around? And particularly in volunteer organizations where power dynamics can get incredibly messy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and especially if you're trying to keep very equal power dynamics and not rely on a hierarchy, I'm going to suggest that, you know, if, if you had held a role for more than a year or two, you, it's time to be asking the question, mm -hmm. should we change? And on the flip side, I've seen groups that were like, well, we're going to get a new facilitator for every meeting. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a really good way to never have a good facilitator, right? Like we never get good at that job. And so I think there's some real discernment about where do we want to make regular changes? And that's going to be especially in power holding roles. Mm -hmm. and, and where do we want to keep the same person in a role mm -hmm. because learning that role over time for a period of time has a real benefit and consistent and consistency even has benefit. We, we know who we go to for that thing. And then the last category I want to put in there, are there are some things that aren't power dynamics roles. Like it just gets done. So, you know, the same person always changes the light bulbs and none of us ever knows anything about that. And they just handle it and it's taken care of. And why would you mess with that? And so I think there, there's a whole range of kind of possibilities in that, but you want to balance the getting some newer, different energy can be just in and of itself really helpful mm -hmm. um, because new ideas will come with it in new ways that can be very helpful. And change is stressful in an organization. Any change is stressful to an organization. So use that stress quotient wisely as you're looking at changing, either moving tasks around in the kinds of conversations that we were talking about earlier, or just switching who's in which roles. Mm -hmm. The thing about roles, right, is that they are how groups get things done, right? They are, they're, they're essential to the functioning of groups because otherwise certain things don't happen, right? That's roles exist to accomplish stuff. And so they are important that way. Um, and so I think it is really important to, to ha spend some time figuring out who's going to do what and having a degree of clarity around that. And the other thing around it that I've learned over my years of, of working in groups is that very often what looks like an interpersonal conflict between two people is actually a lack of clarity or other around a shared goal or roles and responsibilities that they, they actually don't realize that each of them thinks the other one is supposed to be doing a thing or that one of them is supposed to have it and the other one's not supposed to, but they're both grabbing it. And, um, and so it's actually one of the places that I go 
very early sort of in my, when I'm out called in to work with a group that's in conflict is actually about, is not going to the, because I'll hear, well, the problem is these two people, right? And I'm like, let's actually back up and see, are there systems things that we can look at um, that are way more mutable than individuals, right? If we can create clarity around goals and that will resolve whatever conflict this is, that's way easier. If we can create clarity around roles and responsibilities and get agreement and alignment around that, and that resolves the conflict, that's way easier than having to deal with the deep-seated personal things, right, that are embedded deeply in each person. And so it's one of the reasons why I spend time in this space is that it's, uh, I find it's a much bigger and easier lever to, to create function um, in groups um, then, then sometimes, uh, it can appear. So that's one of the reasons why I think a lot about it. Yeah. And going back to the original question, who's going to do this? What we're saying is you want to have a way to answer that. You want some roles, you want most of the things in your organization to have an answer that everybody knows that's very transparent and very clear. And with that, you need clarity about the overall goals of the team or the organization and where each role fits into that and a general knowledge of who's doing what and what those roles are, and a really open culture about talking about those things so that you do get to have a space to talk about who should, who could, who might be doing which tasks, which tasks maybe don't need to be done, which tasks maybe could be added, and that it's safe to have those conversations and that there's a structure that stimulates those conversations mm -hmm. so that they can happen both organically and there's a place where they do happen in a planned way. And then being thoughtful about folks changing roles and when that might be useful, keeping in mind both the value of changing roles for a number of reasons and the stress it causes. And so that you're using your sort of stress quotient <laughs> you know, safely and wisely. Um, and really just to wrap up how much this sort of work can relate to conflict and where this is a place where if you can look here, you may actually be finding problems that look like interpersonal conflict, but you don't have to go deep into the psyches of the people who are struggling. You can simply look at the structures and get clarity around these roles and tasks kinds of questions and get some big benefits. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig, and this has been Employing Differences. Mm -hmm.